God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. ready for the word today. That is all my commercials for now. And uh, we want to encourage you to continue to uh, get online. Uh, we, all, we are streaming the messages to today. So when you get on your Facebook later on, make sure you share that stream. And we're beginning a brand new series called Supernatural. We're going to be in this in the month of May because this is my heart. All right. My pastor many years ago taught me that whatever you preach comes in the room. Okay, whatever you take out of God's word and you hold up, God will confirm his word. And I don't know about you, but the more I uh, go through this life, the more I deal with people, the more I realize that we need God super on our natural. Can I get an amen on that? We serve a God of miracles. We serve a God of signs and wonders. We serve a God of power. And we need to talk about that this month because sometimes I think that we forget that we serve a God that is powerful. And sometimes uh, we forget that because when a tough time hits, we fall to pieces. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be holding to the word of the Lord. We should be believing that the God that parted the Red Sea is living on the inside of you and I. And when we face obstacles, instead of falling to pieces, instead of letting anxiety and worry grip our hearts, we need to be reminded that we serve a God of the impossible. Amen? We serve a supernatural God. And so we're going to go through the scriptures because I don't want you to just hang your hat or build your life on an idea that is not scriptural. Because sometimes uh, people have, have developed a belief system that does not come from God's word. It comes from human intellect or it comes from religion or it comes from something your old pastor taught you many, many years ago. And if he didn't teach you something from the word, you can develop a mindset or a belief system that goes against God's word. And so we want to make sure that we don't do that today. And so we're going to lay a foundation for this next month to be a supernatural month. And that way, when Pastor uh, Chris Sarno, who walks in a supernatural anointing, is going to come, you're going to be ready to receive a supernatural grace. Can I get an amen? 
I also have my friend, Pastor Troy Marshall, who's traveled to over 60 different nations preaching the gospel. He was the first guy I led to the Lord. Uh, he was my friend, went to Valley High School together, and, 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 and we came up together. He's going to be coming in May and preaching for you. And so we want to set an expectation that God is going to move in your life supernaturally. And there's so many ways he could do that. If you need a healing in your body, let's believe that this is the month that God's going to manifest himself supernaturally. If you need a financial breakthrough, listen, God moves and gives financial breakthroughs supernaturally. If you're needing a promotion on your job or a new career, whatever it is, let's set our faith that the God that parted the Red Sea, the God that raised Lazarus from the dead will do those things for you and I. Can I get an amen on that? So in order to do that, let's look at what the word of God says here. And let's go ahead and start in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6. And then we're going to pray and, uh, and then we're going to jump right into this. It says here, this is a scripture that you have to highlight and, and bring before you. It's very simple yet very profound. And it says this, for I am the Lord... I do not change. Come on, somebody. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I'm going to read it again. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Come on, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time this morning. We set aside this time, Lord, to worship you, to praise you. And you promise us that when two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst. We pray that you would use me today, Lord God, as a vessel to speak your word, that somebody's mind may be changed, that revelation may come into their spirit and the word may get in their heart, that we might believe you for the things that you want to give us, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So Malachi uh, ver, uh, chapter 3, verse 6, again, it says, I am the Lord, I do not change. Now I want to start with this because this is so important that we understand and we lay a proper foundation for what we believe about God. And when you're reading the scriptures, you got to understand certain things about God. And the first thing you better understand about him when you're reading in the word is that he's not changing. He's not going to change for you. Come on. He's not going to change for me. God does not change with the times. Oh, well, pastor, it's 2021. Do we still have to? You know, this book was, is archaic. It was written in ancient times. Shouldn't we maybe update our faith? No, because God is not dictated by time or seasons or inventions or technology. The Bible tells us and declares that God is God and he does not change. Can I get an amen on that? Now, why would you amen that? Because that should give you something solid to build your faith on. You know, we don't want to build on something that is not true. We want to build on the rock of revelation that is going to stand no matter what. No matter how bad times get, no matter how good times get, no matter what's going on, God is solid. He's not changing. Amen? Now, Psalms 102, let's jump over there, verse 25 through 27. Psalms 102, uh, 25 says this, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, talking about God, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them 
and they will be changed. But you, you are the same and your years will have no end. Again, the writer of the book of Psalms is saying to us here, God does not change. Tell your neighbor right now, God don't change. He don't change. He don't change with the invention of the internet. He doesn't change when politicians change the laws. He don't change. Let's keep going. Let's look over at book of James chapter 1, 16 through 17. The book of James chapter 1, 16 says this. Don't be deceived. It's a warning. Don't be tricked. Be careful. Watch out. Okay. Be aware. He says, my beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the father of lights. Now listen to this. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Again, God's not changing. Nothing is going to sway him to the right or to the left. God is the same. Now tell the neighbor you ignored earlier. Tell the other person, God's not changing. I see y'all sometimes. Every time I say go to your neighbor, you go to the same one. That poor person on the other side feeling all rejected. I got to pray for them afterwards. Amen. Don't ignore them. So, so let's keep going. Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. That means this. This is what this means for you. Everything that you see Jesus doing in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, he still does today. And he'll still be doing it tomorrow and forever. Can I get an amen on this? And, and, and why am I taking time to let you know this? Is because I think as believers, we forget this. We forget that God doesn't change, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I read the Bible and I see that God is a healer and he healed people when he walked the earth, I can also expect that God wants to heal people today because he's the same Jesus then as he is right now. Amen? So when I read the Bible and I crack open the book of Mark, and I think the book of Mark has the most accounts of Jesus casting out devils, okay? You see it in the word of God, that there are more deliverances happening. And you'll, you'll read stories where Jesus is walking through the city and there's a demonized man who's, who's foaming at the mouth or, or talking to himself. Come on, somebody. Or going through this. And Jesus will come and cast the devil out of him. Now, if he did it then, he'll do it now. And he said, well, pastor, I don't, I don't think there are people with demons anymore. Oh, oh just take a walk down Florin Road. Yeah, take a walk down Florin Road and get out your car and talk to somebody. You laugh, but as, as Willard was saying... We've been fighting over this building at times and, and in the spirit. And, and there will be times where we're in prayer in here and a homeless person will come through and throw a rock through our building. And they don't know us. And then you see them, you know, and they're talking to themselves and da, da, da. Folks, there are demons in people today 
like there were back in those days. And if Jesus casted him out then, he'll cast him out now. He'll cast him out of your kids. He'll cast him out of your family members. Just look straight ahead. Don't look to your right or left. Now let me do one better. He'll cast him out of you. He'll cast him out of you. He, he will. Why? Because, listen, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, why am I taking time to deal with this? Because I believe the Christian church in 2021 has lost their expectation for the supernatural. We don't expect God to move supernaturally. We've grown accustomed to the mundane, to the, to the, to the things of religion. And many times religion will push the supernatural God of the Bible out the door. And, and we'll resign ourselves to a, a God that fits our, our, our way of thinking. Now, let's, go, let's keep going. So Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then we look at Numbers 23, verse 19. Tells us something else about God. Not only does he not change, but it says here, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. What does this mean? It means that not only does God not change, but God doesn't lie. That means when you read the Bible and you see a promise, you have every right to believe that for your life. You have every right to, to take what he said in his word and expect it in your life. Now, here's the thing. I'm not telling you it, it, it's, not, it's not magic. God's not a genie. You rub the lamp the right way and now it's just going to happen. Because I think we make the mistake of thinking, well, I did it. Where is it? See, believing God for something takes time. I don't know why. I don't even like that it does. Come on, I'm just like you. I want it now, right? I want it now. And sometimes we see a promise in the word and we go, yes, amen, and we stand for it. And when it doesn't happen in a day or a week, we give up and say, oh, God, it's not working. And we stop using our faith. But people, there's a danger in that. That's what I want to hit on today. And the reason I'm setting this foundation is because it's imperative that you understand you must serve the God of the Bible. Amen? Amen? Listen, we've got to serve the God of the Bible. Because in 2021, what is happening in America today is people are attaching the name of God to a God that's not based in this book. It's happening, folks. Churches are gathering and people are gathering around the name of Jesus. But I like to say it like this. They're serving a knockoff Jesus. Come on, somebody. How many know what I'm talking about when I say knockoff? You ever wear a knockoff brand instead of Gucci? It's Fucci or whatever. Instead of Nike, it's Nikki. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And it looks like it, but you wash it one time. You wash that Louis, whatever it was, one time, and it don't come out the same. 
That's a knockoff. I submit to you there are many Christians serving a knockoff Jesus. A Jesus that fits their mental ability. A Jesus that fits their feelings. And folks, that's a problem. Because Jesus doesn't promise to fulfill your expectations of who he is. He promises to fulfill his word. And so if we're believing things about God that aren't in his word, then we're going to lose out. That's why, folks, I take it serious to bring you the word from the word. I don't want to get up here and give you my ideas or something I heard on Christian television. Listen, if I can't show it to you in the word, I won't preach it. Because there has to be a basis for what we believe on. Now, let me, let me show you something. Let's go over to Exodus chapter 32, 1 through 6. God does not change. He does not lie. And so one of the things that we've got to understand about the God that we serve, if there's nothing else that you understand about him, you need to understand that God moves supernaturally. How many have read the Bible and found that to be true? Right? He, 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 everything he does has a supernatural touch to it. Come on. Genesis starts off in the beginning. You know, God spoke the world into existence. He spoke it. And the Bible says he did it in seven days. Now, I know some people want to go, well, you know, could that be metaphorical? Was it Big Bang? Did it all this? Hey, listen, I mean, you know, I don't know how he did those actual things, but I do know this. It says seven days. So I'm going to believe seven days. Yeah, but that seems impossible. Exactly. And that's why he did it in seven days. Because you can't do it in seven days. Our best scientists can't do it in seven days. And so here's, where, here's, here's my problem. This is why I'm telling you this. Because we can't understand, well, how did God do it in seven days? We create theology and belief systems that try to go, well, maybe the Bible also says a day is as a thousand years. And maybe it was actually 7,000 years. Because we can kind of grasp that a little better. But I think when you do that, you do God a disservice. My God can build a planet and a universe in seven days. Your God may need 7,000 days. Years, I mean. But the God I serve can do it. I don't have a problem believing that. But see, and that's what we do. Well, I do, so therefore I'm going to subscribe him to this, and I'm going to attach all these things because I just don't get it. I'm sorry you don't get it. You don't get it because you don't take the word for what it is. Everything, Jesus, everything God did was supernatural. He, he decides to cut covenant with, with a person. And what does God do? He finds Abram. Abram is an old man who's made idols his entire life. He didn't go to the most holy man. He didn't go to the most man that was like him. He found somebody that literally was an enemy to him. And he says, Abram, come over here. I want to make a covenant with you. And he says, I'm going to give you a son. And Abram's in his 90s. We talked about this last week. Why did God choose that? You want to know why? Because God's a supernatural God. When Goliath is speaking against Israel, why does God choose a shepherd boy to defeat an eight-foot, nine-foot giant with a slingshot? You want to know why? Because God's trying to show you he's a supernatural God. Read the Bible. Every situation that God's in, 
He gets victory by using his supernatural power. And it carries over into the New Testament where Jesus is walking the earth, not just teaching nice things like Confucius, not just giving nice teachings like Socrates and and these other uh, philosophers. He could have did that, but he came different. And you know how he came? Healing the sick, casting out devils, walking on the water, cursing trees. Come on, stopping storms. And what was he trying to show you? That God is a supernatural God. We live in a day right now where many Christians don't even believe that God can move like that. There are Christians in the body of Christ called cessationists. And what this group of Christians believe is that all signs and wonders stopped with the death of the 12 apostles. And they've, there's whole denominations and whole, whole uh, thousands of Christian believers in our, in our country and around the world that believe that God don't do that no more. But I just read you that God is not a man that he would lie. And Jesus said, greater signs than this will you do. I just showed you throughout the Old and New Testament that God does not change. So if a cessationist says, well, God doesn't do that anymore, that was just what God used to bring the church, and da-da-da, that would mean to me that the Jesus that healed is not healing anymore. And I just showed you in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But why do Christians sit under that teaching? You want to know why? Because it makes sense to them. And let me show you why. Exodus chapter 32, 1 through 6 This is the story, right? Moses has just brought the people of God out of Egypt. And Egypt, that whole story, guys, that's about us. Because we were like the Israelites. We were a slave. We were slaves to the world. Come on, how many remember those days? Amen. We were slaves to the world. We thought we had it made, but we were doing Satan's bidding. We were living for him. We thought we were free going to the club and doing the things we were all the the while being being slaves to depression, being slaves to addiction, being slaves to these things, just like the Israelites. But what does God do? God sends a deliverer in Moses. And Moses goes, and you know the story. You saw the movies. uh, Moses goes before Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And again, what does God do? God manifests himself in a supernatural way. Pharaoh says, I ain't letting your people go. Moses says, cool, there's going to come some plagues coming. And remember, you did this. And so what happens? Frogs come over the land. Amen. You guys remember the story. Then the plague of flies and locusts. and, and And then the Nile turns to blood. And then finally, the firstborn of every living thing. Imagine that. The firstborn of every living thing dies. You wake up one day and your oldest son is dead. And then you go into the living room and the oldest litter of your pets is gone too. And you go out into the farm and all the firstborn of every living thing is done. Finally, Pharaoh says, okay, go. What happens? God delivers the people supernaturally, just like he did you guys. How many know God delivered you supernaturally? Come on, think back five years ago. You never saw yourself in church on Sundays. Some of you, okay, let's go back further. Ten years ago, the last place you would think you would be on a Sunday morning was in church. Oh, some of y'all play. Now, Pastor, I've always been good. No, roll the videotape. 
No, I'm just joking. Some of you got nervous. Come on, we all know where we were at one time. Listen, Sunday mornings were reserved for overcoming hangovers, right? Some of you would have been at Alonzo's this morning with menudo for the crudo. Come on. You'd have been over there just trying to get better this morning. Or others of you, Sunday mornings are for icing your feet because you were wearing stilettos that you had no business wearing on a Saturday night. Come on. So you'd be in bed and just icing them dogs, you know. But here you are in church. You are evidence of the supernatural God. Listen, I'm evidence of a supernatural God. I'll never forget, man. I told the story before. I was at a, uh, uh, my, my friend, the Labrados, uh, their aunt was a spirit-filled Catholic. And she started having these prayer meetings in the back of the, of the Catholic church right here on Franklin Boulevard. It was St. Rose. And David Gutierrez used to go there with me as well. And I remember I was in middle school at the time. And we used to go, you know, I only went just to kind of hang out with the fellas from Sand Rock. And we would hang out there. And I'll never forget, you know, we were, we were messing around and stuff. And then we had this guest speaker come. And anybody remember the Junkyard Dog from the WWF days? Anybody remember the Junkyard Dog? Come on, the JYD used to walk into the ring with that chain around his neck, African-American dude. Well, this, this, uh, this preacher came and he looked exactly like the Junkyard Dog. And so the whole time he's preaching, we were in the back just laughing. And, and his name was Joseph, and we started calling him Junkyard Joseph, you know. And, uh, and so one Sunday, uh, that, that day he was preaching, he called me out of the service. I must have been about 13, 14 years old, wasn't serving God, wasn't even trying to serve God. And he says, hey, you come up here. He called me up, and he began to prophesy over me, and he said, you're going to be a pastor someday. And no joke, the minute he said that, Mondo and all my friends in the back started dying laughing. Just like, oh, he missed it today. There ain't no way Serge is going to be doing that. And I remember within myself, I was laughing like, this fool is crazy. He needs to go back to wrestling because he's not a preacher. And, and, and I just made a mockery of it. But here I am today. And it's just a testimony of the supernatural power of God. So, Israel was delivered supernaturally like you. And they get out to the wilderness and they get out there and then God does another supernatural thing for them. He parts the Red Sea. Man, I can't wait to see that on digital download in heaven. Amen? You know they're going to have movie nights in heaven, right? And it's going to be, okay, it's movie night. What do y'all want to say? I'm going to say, Jesus, let me see how you parted that Red Sea. I want to see that. And so the Israelites saw all that stuff, and we know the story. They get hungry. They get complaining. God gets his angels in the bakery of heaven, and they make them fresh, crispy cream called manna. That's what I always vision manna tasting like, that hot sign, crispy cream donuts. And so they get that, and all these miracles are happening, right? And so Moses, let's look at verse 32 now. So now Moses goes up to the mountain, and look what happens. Now, when the people saw that Moses, verse 32, go back, go back. There you go. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. Now, hold up. Wait a minute. When the people saw, what was the problem? There was a delay. There was a delay. You know what that word delay means? That word delay means this, not moving fast enough. You ever felt like God was not moving fast enough? You ever felt like God was not moving the way you wanted him to? Am I the only one? Y'all are angels? I hate that. 
Sometimes I feel like I know better than God, don't you? God, just give it to me right now. What are we going through all this mess? Just give it to me. Anybody ever felt like that? Some of you feeling that way right now. But that's what was happening with Israel. Moses was not moving like they wanted him to. God was not moving like they wanted. And so look what it says they did. So the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come, let us make gods that will go before us. As for this Moses, look and they talk about their pastor now. Ooh, I pray y'all don't talk about your pastor like this. As for this Sergio, that's what they said. As for this Moses, thinks he knows it all, taken all along. Look what it says. It says, as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And so weak Aaron, weak leadership having Aaron, says to him, okay, break off the gold earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the gold earrings which were in their ears, brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hands, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool. And he made a molded calf. And then they said, this is your God, O Israel. The one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. And they rose up early the next day, offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to play. So what happened to them? They served a supernatural God. They served a God of miracles. They served a God that took them out of addiction, out of their past life. But they get to a place and God is taking too long. They're upset with how long Moses is on the mountain. So guess what they do? They take it upon themselves to change the very nature and ways of God to fit their agenda. Guys, this is what Christians do in America in 2021. This is what's happened all over the world with many Christians. They don't understand why God is moving the way he moves. They don't understand speaking in tongues. So let's not preach about that. Let's not deal with that. We don't understand it. Let's throw it out. They don't understand things. And so they don't like how God is moving. They don't think he's doing it the way they should. he should do it. And so they develop a God and they change his nature and ways. Now, they do a few interesting things here. Aaron tells them, go get your gold. Now, I thought this was interesting because, remember, they're ex-slaves. But they were balling. He says, tell your wives to get their earrings. Okay. But then he says, oh, and tell the men to bring their earrings. Oh, okay. Men got earrings too back then. Hello. Then he says, go tell the children to get their gold earrings. So everybody in the congregation was iced out. Come on. They were dripping gold. But do you want to know why that was? See, when you read earlier, when they were leaving Egypt, supernaturally, God moved on the Egyptian slave owners. And the Bible says this, as the slaves were, e were leaving, 
the, the, uh, the, the Egyptians would run out and said, here, take our riches. Supernaturally, the Bible says, Israel left Egypt with all the riches of the Egyptians. And so they were walking through the wilderness, y'all, with red bottom shoes on. Come on. With iced out earrings and necklaces, fat dookie gold LL Cool J ropes, Kangles, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. That's how they were going through it. They were blessed according to the Bible. That's that supernatural provision I was talking about that we need to be believing for. Because why would these masters give these slaves all of their riches? Supernaturally, God made it happen. So Aaron knows they've been blessed with something. And here's what he does. He says, go bring your blessing and we're going to worship your blessing instead of worship the one who blessed you. And can I just tell you something? We do this all the time in America. We pray for things. And then when God gives us those things, we make an idol out of it. And we elevate it above God. Did you know you're going to have to give an account for your blessings one day? That house that you prayed God to give you, God's going to say, how'd you use that? Oh, God, I put a big 80-inch TV in it, Lord. (laughs) Slept real nice. Yeah, but what about when your friend or your family member was needing a place to stay? Did you let them? Heck no, God. You haven't seen my family. God might say, but son, that's why I gave it to you. You have to give an account for that. But you know what I see? People pray for things, and then once they get it, they kick God to the side. And they make an idol out of the blessing that God gave them. That's what Israel did. God gave them gold. Now they're making a gold calf, and they're bowing down to it. Oh, Listen, I've been pastoring now 30 years. I've seen the times and I've been here 11 years. This is our 11th year. And I remember when some of you in this room were praying for a wife, crying for a wife. Oh, where is she, God? What's wrong with me? Why isn't it happening? And then God gives you a wife. And we don't see you no more. Because you got things to do on the weekend with your wife. You served God hard in your single days. Boy, you was was helping folks. Now you got a wife. Now I'm not saying don't take care of your wives. Why just breathe easy? I'm not saying that. Take care of your wife. But nobody and no blessing should ever come between you and God. (laughs) I've seen people pray for kids. Oh God, we need a child. Bless us with a child. Tears in the pastor, pray for us. We need a child. They get a child. We don't see him at church no more. And they always blame the kid. <laughs> oh, the baby was sick. Again? Oh, well, you know, we didn't get no sleep. because So now what begins to happen, listen now, and I know this is real life. The blessing that God gave you takes the place of God. God gets you that new job. Oh, God, give me that new job, Lord. It's going to pay this much. It's going to do this for me. And God gives it to you. And now you ain't got time for God because you're just working that job. 
And that job is your everything. Come on, you need a financial breakthrough. God, I just help me to have more money to just take care of my family. God gives you more money. Now you got options on the weekend. See, you used to come to church because you had nothing else to do. You was broke. So you come to church. You didn't have no money to go stay in a hotel and go away for the weekend. So we see you every Sunday. Now you got options. Business is taking off. You got money in your pocket. We don't see you no more. Every weekend you're gone. What do we do? Come on, are you getting this today? Now I'm not saying you can't miss church. Absolutely, I miss church sometimes. Right? You got to take care of your family. Take care of your wife. Take care of your business. But nothing in your heart should ever come before God. And I'm talking from experience. Listen, I love my kids. I love my wife. But we've never stopped serving God because of my kids. They came with us. Man, I remember when God called us to Sacramento. We had three car seats in the van. Yeah, I had a van. He turned in my man card for a few years there. Have my swagger wagon. Amen. <laughs> Three car seats in that mug. I look back, man. Diego was six months old when we made that trip. I look back at pictures when we started the church. Our kids were so little. We love our kids. We've taken care of our kids. We've never put them before God, though. We never said, God, we can't serve you because, you know, we got kids. But, you know, people, some people do that. Well, God, you know, this is happening. And when you do that, you're doing exactly what the Egyptians did. You're taking the blessing and you're making an altar to it. And you're worshiping that rather than God. So can I just tell you to do something today? When God blesses you, never forget who gave you that wonderful family. You should serve him harder when that man comes. Come on, somebody. You should be like, oh, God, you gave me a good man. I'll be in church every Sunday. <laughs> Dad, God, she is fine. I'm, all, gosh, I'm coming to church all the time. Where do I serve? Get, sign me up for the kids. God gave me this fine wife right here. I'll do whatever y'all need. That's the proper response. That's the proper response. But the Israelites, you know what happened? The delay got to them. The not understanding how God moves got to them. And so they build this idol. And this is the crazy thing here. Catch this now. I'm almost done. So not only do they start worshiping the blessing instead of the blesser, but the Bible says this. And I, I, for many years, I thought that they had turned from God to worship a manufactured God. Did you know that's not what they did? What they basically did was they said, we're going to make God in our image. The Bible says this in that scripture. He says, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. In the original Hebrew, what Aaron was saying right there is, tomorrow is the feast to Yahweh. Guys, they had the nerve to call this golden calf by Jehovah, by God's name. They weren't serving another God. They were ascribing every blessing, everything that God did into this image. Folks, they weren't serving another God. Are you catching this? They were basically changing the nature of God to fit their understanding and their convenience. 
And they called the golden calf Yahweh, the name of God. And they even said, this is what the God that took us out of Egypt, that's what he looks like. This is him. Serve him. And folks, we do this all the time in America. We take the God of the Bible and we change him to meet our needs or our agenda. We get in trouble when we do that. Because when you read the story, God wasn't having it. 3,000 people died that day because of this sin. Because God won't share his glory. And God's not going to be dictated by his creation who he is. He gives us his book. He says, this is who I am. No need to change me. This is who I am. But the pride, the arrogance that we can do things better than God caused us to change him. So it's, it's always amazing to me how, what they did, right? So they take their gold, their blessing, and they're worshiping it. And now what they do is they fashion it into a calf. And I always wondered, why of all the animals would you have picked that? You know, there's a lot better, there's a lot cooler animals right now, right? You know, a calf, that's an ugly looking thing. Just, you know, but here's the thing. In Egypt, there was a bull god. There was a god that was a bull. And remember, they had grown up in Egypt. They had went to all the Egyptian public schools. And they were indoctrinated by this god, this bull god. So they had that in their mind. In the land they were about to go in, in Canaan, the Canaanites also had a god with a bull head. So here's what Israel did. Track this. They looked at the world and they saw what the world was worshiping and they brought it into the church. And they said, we're going to make our God like the world's God. It's sad, but I think we do this in 2021. We value the world's things and we try to sanctify it and say, God's okay with it. They worship like this. It's okay. The world sleeps around. It's 2021. The world fornicates. Hey, it's not a big deal. Folks, that's the world. God tells us here what he expects of us. But see, what was Israel doing? They were looking for the wrong, at the wrong places. Come on, just like Willie Nelson, right? Was it Willie Nelson? Looking for love in all the wrong places? Who, anybody know who sung, who sung that? Come on, Will. That's... <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places. Hank Williams Jr., maybe? Kenny Rogers? Anyone? Anyone? All right, anyways. But that's what they were doing. So they were worshiping the blessing, and they were taking the nature of God, listen, and changing it to match their agenda. And so now their God looks like the world's God. This is what I was talking about earlier. We got to knock off Jesus in a lot of churches. It looks like Jesus but he doesn't share the same values. It looks like Jesus, but there's no power. They renamed and remade God in the image that they wanted to. And folks, this scares me as a pastor. It scares me as a pastor because I look at how this happened. It happened because the people came to the leader in charge and swayed him. See, folks, 
Church can't always just be about you feeling better. Don't make me into what your old pusher and your old drug dealer was. Come on, how many know I'm talking about? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Don't make me the liquor store owner. What do those things have in common? You go to those people to get something that's going to make you feel better. Now, we don't go to a pusher no more, but we come to church. And we say, Pastor, make me feel better. Come on, preach me into the joy of the Lord today. Come on, tell me how good I am. Tell me how awesome I am. Tell me how blessed I am. Make me feel good so I can go out of here. Listen, it don't work like that. You coming at God with a drug dealer's mentality. You coming at God with an addiction mentality. This thing ain't just about feeling better. It's about being better. Listen, I don't want to just make you feel good. I want you to be good. And then I want you to do good. But a lot of people coming into churches on Sunday all over the world today, they're walking in there to get their hit. I had a tough week. I had a tough week, Pastor. Come on. What you got? Coming here like Ashy Larry, you know? Coming into church is giving my hit, giving my, ooh, I hope they sing that one song. Oh, yes, that's good. And you walk out of here feeling better, but you're not better. And then you got to get back next Sunday. Ooh, we got to get back because, man, some stuff happened. I did some crazy things. I hit somebody. You know, I got into a fight. I did this. I cussed at my wife. Let me get back to church because that feeling's gone, and I got to get that feeling. No, no, don't do God like that. I mean, that's not what this thing's about. And see, Israel had made it. That's all they wanted. Make us feel better. This thing is not just about feeling better. It's about being better. It's about doing better. But if you're going to have those times, you got to encounter the God that is not always going to make you feel better. Why did they want to do this? If you read the whole scripture, Moses was meeting with God and God was all excited. He's like, Moses, take me down. I want to meet the people. Moses is like, cool. God, he brings God down from the mountain, and the Bible says this. God scared the Israelites. He scared them. Did you know that God is a powerful God? His power may scare you. Listen, when we start talking about praying in other tongues in the word, you might be like, oh, my gosh, they do that here? Oh, my God. Are they going to bring out snakes, too? Are they going to handle those? Are we gonna? We're not going to handle snakes. Oh, my God, he prayed for somebody and they fell on the ground. Is that real? Are they pushing people down over there? What kind of church is this? Oh, my God, I'm not going to. What is going on? Sometimes God will scare you like that. Think about how Paul got saved. Paul on the road to Damascus, riding a horse. The Holy Spirit just came. Bow! Clocked him last night like in that UFC fight. Put him to sleep. Paul wakes up, can't even see, lost his vision. Jesus got a right hook, I'm just telling you. <laughs> but here's the problem. Because of their lack of understanding and their fear of God, they decided to change him. And so they choose a calf based on the world. But I thought, why a calf? You want to know why a calf instead of a bull? Because nobody's afraid of a calf. A bull I'm afraid of. My dad took our family to go see a bullfight when we were maybe 10 years old. You remember that, Harv? 
We thought, oh, we're going to see a bullfight. This is going to be cool. Ole, ole. Anybody else in here ever seen a bullfight? Boy, there's so much blood. How, how many of y'all, raise your hand, have you seen a bullfight? Y'all ain't Mexican. Some of y'all thought we're Mexican. Some of y'all perpetrating a fraud here. Thought there'd be more of us. No, listen, it's not fun. I remember that they're, you know, they're doing the Olay thing, but then the guy gets like a machete and he stabs the thing in the back. The bull's running around, blood squirting everywhere. All the Americans were in the crowd. They're crying and they're covering their kids' eyes like, oh, my God. The Mexicanos are there. Mira, estos buenos aquí. They're just laughing at them and stuff. But it's gruesome. It's gruesome. They didn't want an image that was scary like a bull, so they made it a calf. We do that today. We take the fear of God out of our preaching. People are, to come to church and you're using drugs and you're sleeping around and you come every week and you don't change, you don't know the God I know. The God I know don't play games. And you think it's straight, it's cool, you know, I could just do what I do. Coming to church to get at women? You don't know my God. (laughs) You don't know my God. My God ain't playing with his daughters. Fool, you better know. Mm. Mess with one of his daughters? You better pray for mercy. What? Isn't there grace, Lord? You know, isn't there grace? Yeah, there's grace. There sure is. But you know what else there is? There's the fear of God. And I fear God as a pastor. I preach this stuff to you and I see, God, how easy it is for me as a pastor to follow the trends in the crowd, to just make people feel good. If we're just going to make people feel good, we could pack this place out three, four times on a Sunday. If we just hand it, I'm not a, I'm not a drug dealer. Don't make me a pusher. Right? Don't make me a pusher, P-Ray. Ice-T, wasn't that Ice-T? I'm your pusher man. Who was that? Curtis Mayfield? Don't, let's not do that. Church ain't always going to give you the warm and fuzzies. Sometimes it's going to give you the ouchies. Or the eyes. Remember the Hispanics? I. It's going to give us that sometimes. But when we get that, Diego, if you could come and help me. When we get that, we're understanding something. We're encountering the full counsel of who God is. And the Israelites didn't want that. So they made God in a manageable, non-threatening image. And folks, we've done that in America today, where in most churches that we go to, we don't, we don't get to taste the supernatural power of God. A lot of churches don't even believe that God heals today. That's what I was talking about. They're cessationists in their theology. They believe miracle signs and wonders stopped after the death of the original 12 apostles. And that doesn't, agree, that doesn't line up with scripture and the things I've read to you today. But what does that line up with? It makes God manageable. Makes God manageable. Now I know why my Thea didn't get healed and I'm okay. No, you know what? I don't know why my Thea didn't get healed and I have to be okay anyway. I believe in the laying on of hands and the praying for the sick and I prayed for a ton of people and they didn't get healed. But I prayed for a lot of people that did get healed. And so I'm gonna choose to believe the God of the Bible because I'm not gonna let my experience dictate what I believe. Are you guys catching this today? Let me just drop these last scriptures in your spirit right now. So this is happening. 
And the Lord says to Moses, look at Exodus 32, 7 and 9. The Lord says to Moses, go get down for your people. I love how God says that. Hey, Moses, check out your man down there. Go get your mans down there. That's what he's saying. Look at your people down there. He says, the people that you brought out of Egypt, they've corrupted themselves. They've turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And they have made themselves a molded calf, worshiped it and are sacrificing to it. And saying, this is the God of Israel that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people. And indeed, it's a stiff-necked people. Exodus 32, 17 through 18 says this happened. And then Joshua, see, Joshua wasn't getting down like that. Joshua was over here waiting for Moses. We want to be like Joshua. He's taking long. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm not going to follow that other way. I'm going to stay right here with Pastor Moses. And look what he does. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, you know what was happening here? They were having church around their new God. They're having church. And look what happens. It says, there is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it's not a noise of the shout of victory, nor is it a noise of the cry of defeat. It's just the sound of singing I hear. And folks, can I just tell you, I feel like in a lot of places that call themselves church, there's not a sound of victory coming. It's just singing. Because they're singing to a God that is not the God of the Bible. They're, they're going through the motions. They don't, they're singing to a God that they don't fear. They're singing to a God that is not the God of the Bible. And Joshua says, that ain't praise I hear. That's not victory I hear. You know what that is? That's just singing. And guys, I never want to be a church where we gather on Sundays and we just sing it. We're just singing. No, we want to be a place where we're praising not just any Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. Not a God that we've fostered up. Well, God don't care. Well, God understands. Well, you know, it's 2021. No, we got to serve this God. And if that means I got to change my life to serve him, then that's what I do. Joshua followed it up later with this statement. Choose you this day whom you will serve. He said, I don't know about you, but he said, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if that means I got to stop kicking it, I got to stop doing this, I got to stop doing that, then that's the decision I make. Because you're God, not me. I want to leave you with this last thing here in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 20 and 22 25 it says this for since the creation of the world God's invisible attributes they're clearly seen come on how many ever noticed that you go out in the nature you go on a hike and you're just like there must be a God look at these redwood trees look at this blue sky come on you need more faith to believe a big bang did that Look at that bird, the colors on that. Romans is saying here, since the creation, God has made his ways visible through his invisible attributes. Look what it says here. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. 
nor were they thankful. But these people became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. This is what I'm talking about. Paul's calling it out in Romans. He's saying, man, they're still doing it. Still ignoring this great God that we have and making him fit a box of religion. And they're changing his image from being almighty, all powerful to, eh, God don't care about that. Eh, he doesn't mind. Listen, if it's in his word, he minds. And look what else it says as we close. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they worship and served the creature rather than the creator. Guys, let's get it right. I'm believing this month God is going to manifest himself in supernatural ways on your behalf. I'm believing for healings. I'm believing for addictions and chains to be broken. That cousin you've been praying for, I believe, and this is the month he gets saved. That, that loved one that you've been praying for, this is the month that he gets saved. That man that you've been praying for, this is the month he comes. I should have got some more amens from the single ladies. That woman that you know, she's out there, you've been praying for her, she gonna come this month. Maybe not, only for Willard. The rest of y'all keep waiting. Because what did Jesus say? It's according to your faith. It's according to your faith. We don't like that part because we don't want to take any responsibility. No, take responsibility. We're believing for it. We're going to believe for it. Well, pastor, what if it don't happen? Then maybe it'll happen next month. What if it don't happen then? Well, maybe the month after that. You got enough in you to wait or are you going to be like the Israelites? It's taking too long. Maybe God don't heal. How about if I just believe that? You can if you want to, but I'm going to keep believing God. I'm going to keep believing and serving the God of the Bible. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.